The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm The Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this This is Common Common Debauchery. Common Debauchery may contain mature subject matter and is intended for adult audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Common Debauchery. I am The Nightmare. And joining me, as always, in the Zoom room, doing the thing and the stuff, my main man, Rotten Jack. What's up, buddy? Who be this? Uh, this be the nightmare, as you cannot tell from my black screen, because I have to buy myself a webcam. New phone, who dis? I got a new setup in my office, and it includes not having a webcam because I'm not using my laptop like a laptop. I'm using it like a hard drive. So I'm going to call my IT guy. I'm going to call IT guy Poe and see if he's got a, <laughs> got, a got a webcam laying around. Hey, guess what, buddy? Christmas is coming. Yeah. Hey, Poe. Poe. Anyway, um, so we're here. We're doing it. I like my new setup. I'm enjoying it, but I, you know, it's weird that you can't, you get to deal with me the way I had to deal with you when we first started doing Zoom calls for, you know, recording purposes. Oh, there we are. Now it's just a blank screen. At least, listen, mine's all black. Yours has your name. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand why mine shows my name, but yours doesn't. Because my camera's technically on. Uh, yeah so uh i'm not gonna lie me and rotten jack did not know what we were going to talk about today we didn't really plan much we talked about a few things we have a couple ideas for the next couple weeks um you know as we get closer to the holidays but it didn't make sense for me uh in my brain it's the beginning of december if we talk start talking about christmas now we're going to burn out on christmas stuff yeah that's fair so i didn't want to do that and we kind of sat here, we were just kind of talking about stuff, and we got on an idea, or we just got on a topic of conversation, and then I was like, why aren't we recording this? So. Right? We'd have been rolling with that conversation for the next, like, 45 minutes. Like, And then we'd have been like, oh, what are we talking about? I'd be like, fuck, we should have recorded that entire thing. Right. So here we are. We're going to record the entire thing. Uh, we, if you don't know, I'm not sure how you don't know, because you could find out very easily by finding both of us on social media. Um. We are both large, bearded, tattooed men. One of us, the main difference is one of us is a little bigger than the other, and the other one has hair. Yeah. So, uh, and thanks to an AI thing, I figured out what I would look like with hair. I'm not going to lie. I thought, like, I know you've been on this, like, you want to get some, like, hair replacement shit done or something along those lines. And, like, in my head, I'm just like, Dude, like I've known you without hair the entire time. Like I like I met you because I was shaving your head. Correct. I'm just like, I can't imagine you with hair. Like, I'm like, if you show up to your wedding with a full head of hair, like it's gonna be very disconcerting for a lot of people. And then you showed me that fucking AI photo, and I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, all right. Right. You were like, oh, my boy needs my my boy needs hair. Yeah. So the other the the one of the big commonalities commonalities between the two of us are where we both have are fairly heavily tattooed. I am not as tattooed as I would like to be. Well, I don't think anybody who's tattooed is as tattooed as they like to be. Not even people with like every inch of their skin tattooed are as tattooed as they like to be. 
No. No. That's when the, that's when those people are looking like tattoo their eyeballs and their like the inside of their mouth and shit. Yeah, no me gusta on that stuff. No. Uh, I have a soon-to-be-completely uh, completed, 100% finished arm sleeve on my right arm, and I have a work-in-progress arm sleeve on my left arm. I have, uh, if you know me, you know you know a nickname that I go by other than the Nightmare. I have that tattooed across the top of my back with really bad tribal wings on my back. And uh, those will be eventually covered up. That is part of the process that I'm. I think you just need to get like a giant, like fucking Viking, like, like turn those tribal wings into like cross battle axes or something. Yeah, I I'm going to find the artist that I'm going to have to do that, whether and it may be one of the artists I currently have, um, but that'll be that actually might be my next. uh the start of my next prog process is the back cover up at this point um, just to get it done because I'm tired of having that monstrosity on my back. But uh, a little, uh, little warning here for those playing the home game. If you are younger and considering getting tattooed, uh, a couple things. One, you get what you pay for paying, you know, somebody 40 bucks to do it in their dingy ass basement or their dorm room. Not the move. We'll tell you unless that. you unless you become really good friends with your tattoo artist and then they cut you what he likes to call the homie bargain discount. Uh we're gonna tell that story in a second too. However, um <laughs> the fun the fun thing here is you know, generally speaking, if if you didn't get the homie bargain discount, it would probably like we'd probably be in the same ballpark of what we pay for our uh, our tattoos. Yeah, probably. So uh, again, kids, you get what you pay for, and tattoos are not something to be taken lightly because they are permanent. Uh, and the one on my back that we were just talking about covering up was a mistake I made when I was, I believe, twenty, and it was kind of it was a, a very dialed back version of what I really wanted. It was a it it like it ended up being like she moved it a little bit, she adjusted the angle of it a little bit, and originally I thought of the concept of like having it up more on my traps and like stemming toward my shoulders. And she put it in the middle of my back, turned it a little bit and made it more like wing like. And when she put the stencil on, I was like, yeah. And that, yeah, lasted like a year. And then people are like, why do you have fairy wings on your back? They're not, they don't even look like fairy wings. <laughs> they look like a tribal design. That's kind of wing ish and right it's just not great um you know and that's fine it is what it is but you know you live you learn but if we can you know throw that out there you, you know you either get them you know, like if, if you if you mess it up you either get them covered or get them removed and having a friend who's going through a tattoo removal process uh he said it is 10 times more painful than the worst spot he's ever had tattooed that he would rather sit through a dark blackout tattoo of the most painful spot he's ever done than go through another tattoo removal. It's no joke. So, well, yeah, I mean, they're using lasers to basically penetrate your skin and break up the ink. So, and actually, I 
I wish I would have. I wish I could recall exactly how he said it was done. There's two. There's two different ways to do it. Uh, with older ink, they would basically just kind of like be slowly like burning it out. Mm-hmm. So like they would burn it, let the skin peel, let it heal, burn it, let the skin heal, and like eventually it would lighten it up and it would go away. It essentially just sped up the fading process. Yeah. Now apparently, with the way the ink is made. Um, they can actually do a thing where the laser like heats up the ink and breaks it down to which it then enters your bloodstream, gets filtered out, and eventually you just pee it out. Yep. Without even knowing. So uh, but still it's still just as painful from what I understand. Yeah, it's not fun. I wouldn't want to do it. Nope. That's why I'm glad I don't have any stupid tattoos. Uh, that's why I'm glad I can still hopefully cover up what I'm what I've got going on back there. So um, that'll be that'll be a fun one. But I'll I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it and keep the world updated. Apparently, probably with pictures of once I lose some weight and I'm comfortable with that. But, but yeah, I mean, I plan on doing like my chest. I've debated my calves. Um, I have not ventured into the the back of my hands yet, though. I keep like inkling to it uh dude i pulled the trigger on that like over two years ago and i love it yeah i think those are going to be like the end of the road for me like i think like if i do them they'll be the last things i do i pretty much did them because like i know in my field that i work in it doesn't matter like it's not a very like formal professional job um nobody's gonna look at me like oh you have tattoos on your hands like i'm not coming to you like like i'm not looking to get a like professional corporate job so i'm not worried about my tattoos affecting well and that's the future job prospects but yeah if i if i stayed at day camp which i love that i still call it day camp sometimes (laughs) if i stayed at day camp i probably would have had it done already but as soon as I got the inkling to leave, I was like, well, you know, the stuff on my arms, I can leave, you know, I like can still be, you know, can still be covered. Uh, I would actually go to job interviews with my sleeves rolled up a little bit so you could see my tattoos. Yeah. Um, and I actually did have one person ask me, they were like, hey, um, you know, kind of a kind of a ballsy move walking in with, you know, showing tattoos. And I was like, I looked, I was like, listen, you know, a, a there are very few things that uh, I value more in life than the ability to be myself. And if you like, if you don't think I'm qualified for this job because of the way I, because of the way I look, because I have tattoos, um, I don't know if this is necessarily a place I'd want to work because that tells me you don't value what I do and what I know and what I'm capable of as much as you value what I look like, how you feel I would be perceived by the public. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, I really appreciate that. And, um, I'm, I'm in, I like it. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I never imagined when I first started getting tattoos that it would get to this point. Oh, I did. As soon as I got my first one, I was like, I want all of them. So that's different. Tattoos are in fact addicting. Uh, and I don't know that you'll find many people that will argue that that point. However, um, 
when you got before you got your first one, did you see yourself being like a sleeve tattoo guy? Not necessarily sleeved, but um, that's just because like before I even got a tattoo, uh, my parents always told me growing up like. Oh, my dad specifically, like, I'll fucking kill you if you ever get tattoos. Like, da 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 da. Because my dad had a tattoo that he absolutely hated um, and regretted getting, and he's since got it covered up. But, like, I grew up, like, being told, like, like, we'll disown you if you ever get tattoos and stuff like that. And I actually hid my first tattoo from my parents for a month uh, before. Uh, I told them about it and I only told them about it because I went and got my lip pierced. I, I did not know you had a piercing or at least your lip pierced. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was rather funny to me when I look back on it, like how oblivious my parents were because my birthday's in the middle of July, middle of fucking summer. I literally woke up on my birthday, on my 18th birthday, first thing I did was went and got a tattoo. First thing I did. Ironic. And and this is just the, like, you know, different strokes for different folks and different upbringings and, like, how we've come to where we are. So your parents were like that. Like, if you get a tattoo, we'll disown you. You hid your first one from them. Uh, My parents had, or my and it, it wasn't a disownment thing, my, but my dad used to weirdly like threaten me that if I ever said I wanted my ear pierced, he was going to drag me to a piercing pagoda and get it done. Like he made it seem like it was going to be a punishment that like, if you ever, <laughs> like I'm taking you there, we're getting it done. And like to this day, I don't understand why that petrified the crap out of me, but it did. Probably because those places are like dirty and disgusting and they use the same fucking gun on every goddamn person. And it's those are terrible piercings. Like it it was it wasn't the fact of where. It was the fact that the punishment was if I said it even in jest, he was taking me and it was getting done. Like <laughs> that put the fear of God in me. And I don't know why. And like it's one of those things that thank God because I ended up with pretty like larger ears than most people and being bald it wouldn't look good Mm -hmm. it might be different if again if i had hair but i've never actually wanted a piercing i've thought about it a few times like oh i wonder what that would look like or like i thought about what like what other piercings would look like like not my ears like maybe like an eyebrow piercing or i for some reason my brain says i would look good with a bull ring but um you know just to go with my overall aesthetic but this same family who used to threaten me with piercing bought my first tattoo when I was 18. So, and they were so on board of it. They tried to do it when I was 16. They thought that you could get a tattoo with parental consent. It used to be that way. Yes. And about five years prior to me turning 16, that changed. Yeah. And so like, so I, I think that's funny. Your parents were hell bent against piercing or hell bent against tattoos to the point you hid your first one. My parents, despite their hellbentness against pierce piercings, bought me my first tattoo. Yeah, that's cool. Different, very different upbringings there, but uh, 
Yeah, but my my parents must have been oblivious because, like I said, got it middle of July. Now, I was a swimmer. For some reason, it never dawned on them why all summer long I never had my shirt off in front of them. When I was going to take a shower, I would wear my clothes into the bathroom, take my shower. And then when I came out of the bathroom, I would have a towel around my waist and my shirt back on. <laughs> they it they never it never dawned on them. Listen, man, sometimes you don't see things because you don't want to see things. And don't right. ever let anyone tell you otherwise. But so about a month later, I decided I want to go get my lip pierced because why the hell not? I was 18. Sure. I was an emo kid. Still am at heart, but you know, whatever. Um, so I met up with a friend and we went down to, uh, where we go? Uh, cowpoke downtown. Ah, and, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, my mom happened to call me on the way and I don't know. I was just full of, full of piss and vinegar that day, just in a ballsy mood. She's like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, go to get my lip pierced. You what? Your father's going to fucking kill you. If you come home with a lip piercing, da, 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 da. And that's when I just blurred out. Well, I already got a fucking tattoo. What are you going to do about that? <laughs> you what? Oh my god! I want that is on brand for you, like you would not believe. Like just in in a mood, and just send it. Uh, yeah. 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 Fuck, fuck around long enough, find out. Yeah. Um. So my uh, when I got home that night, or maybe it was the next day or something, because I don't even know if I came home that night. <laughs> Um, for the best, maybe, yeah. Uh, when I finally came home, I was sitting at uh, the like the kitchen counter or whatever, and uh, my dad was making veiled threats that, like, if I didn't take my lip piercing out, uh, he was gonna come at me with a pair of pliers while I was sleeping and just yank me out of bed by the lip ring with a pair of pliers and rip it right out. Uh, and then for some reason, a little bit later on, my mom must've told him because he didn't even say anything. He just came over to me. I was still sitting in the same spot. He just comes over, pushes my head forward and lifts up the back of my shirt. And, uh, yeah, well, that's how my parents saw my tattoo the first time, which once they saw it, they were okay with it because i didn't get anything stupid i went i literally went because i'm very proud of my polish heritage i went and got a polish falcon that was my first tattoo so that actually is convenient because i was going to ask like that was going to be the the next topic there was what was your first tattoo yeah uh polish falcon um just because i was very proud of my polish heritage it's the only part of my heritage that i know i'm only 50 percent polish but it's the only thing I identify with because my dad's side is just a. We, we basically call my dad a mutt. We we don't know what the hell he is. Like he's Irish, German, you know, fucking every kind of European 
So no clue. Um, but yeah, they were, they were weirdly cool about it. Like they weren't happy about it, but they were like, okay, at least it wasn't like something stupid. And then after that, they were kind of just like, whatever about my tattoos. Cause I already had one. So whatever. I did end up taking my lip ring out that night though. Cause my dad legitimately, I mean, you've met my dad. He legitimately would have ripped it out with a pair of pliers. I believe that. Yeah, I, uh, so my first tattoo, which I, like I said, my parents bought for me, uh, nothing to do with my heritage and more to do with my upbringing. So first off, you have to understand that. And we've talked about it at, at length on the show. I grew up a huge professional wrestling fan. Who was one of the most iconic wrestlers of our late childhood into early teenhood. I mean, there's so many iconic. I couldn't pick just one. Who is the man that almost single-handedly won the Monday Night Wars for WCW? Who we now talk about in a realm of, God, they brought him back again. Goldberg. Goldberg. And what tattoos did Goldberg have? The the fucking barbed wire tribals. Yeah, he had the two tribal, the matching tribal tattoos on 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 his shoulders. So I wanted something similar, and we went to the shop when I was sixteen, and I found it. I found the one I wanted. It was just a tribal design. Probably, honestly, it's something you might have seen somewhere down south as a tramp stamp. But it also worked really well on a shoulder. Right. And right in the middle of it was a longhorn steer skull. And that was more toward my country upbringing, um, you know, toward the idea of. I mean, I grew up bailing hay on a horse farm and like, we took trips out west and went to rodeos and stuff like that. And it just paid, you know, paid homage to something I was a big fan of, a, a look that I liked when I was a kid. And uh-huh. um, and then when I started talking about expanding what is on, currently on my arm, I debated covering the tribal side of side of it, but keeping the steer skull. And I'll tell you what. I mentioned that to my parents and they were not happy with me. <laughs> I, my mom was not happy that I did that. I was debating covering the tattoo. So what we ended up doing was we ended up working it into the design. And one of the things that my tattoo artist did one of the last times I went to her, uh, when she was adding some extra work and just background and yeah, we'll call it, uh, filler. Yeah. Yeah. Just artsy filler. Uh, was she actually took like the the look of a tribal design, like you know they had like the sharp sharp points with the swoops, uh-huh. and actually like tied some of that in in a more artistic way where it looked like it was a like a ribbon almost unraveling, and then coming to a sharp point like a tribal design. It's actually really cool, so I'm very glad that I kept it. I actually don't even know what tattoo you're talking about. You're going to have to show me next time. Yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you. Um, 
yeah so that's uh that's definitely interesting so i you know i i very i I really was i was considering covering at least a good part of that up and i'm really glad i didn't because i like the way it looked and i like the way she tied it in so from there take me down your tattoo journey oh god um I want to say the next one that I got was my mom's maiden name over top of the Polish Falcon. Yeah. So my grandparents' last name, I got over top of the Polish Falcon. That was my next one. And then I think three and four were the Polish words for family and forever uh down the backs of my arms uh five was the logo for the haunted house that i worked at which yeah it was the logo from the haunted house that i worked at but like i also like legitimately loved it because it was a zombie it was a zombie tattoo love it six was uh my first horror movie tattoo that was my Halloween tattoo on my right arm. Gotcha. Seven and eight. There was there was quite a break in there after those because then I went in the military and I wasn't seeing my guy anymore. And it's a fucking nightmare when you get tattoos and you're in the military. Like they throw a fucking fit about it. Sure. Um, so it was a couple years. I want to say seven and eight were shortly after I got out of the military. I got uh, Decepticon and Cobra Command tattoos on my inner forearms, which those were my first venture to more visible tattoos. Uh, All my other tattoos to that point were easily covered. Um. And then I want to say that after those two, it was another quite long stretch. Um, and then then that's when I started working on my left sleeve, my biomechanical sleeve. Gotcha. And then once that was done, we moved over to starting to work on my right arm with all my serial killer stuff. And then I came up with the idea of, I wanted like symbols and like iconic things to like allude to and reference serial killers without outright saying it, you know? Right. So like I have a a huge Jack the Ripper piece on my forearm it's just like a, a a man in a top hat walking down uh, an old London street. Like there's Big Ben in the background, uh, the Parliament building in the background, stuff like that. Um, however, I did have my tattoo artist um, literally copy Jack the Ripper's actual handwriting from his signature of one of the letters that he wrote. So I do have uh, that. Like that says, "Yours surely." Yours truly, Jack the Ripper, in Jack the Ripper's handwriting. Right. Um, 
And then like thinking about other serial killers, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Black Dahlia is a huge one that's always intrigued me just because they never found out who it was. Obviously, I'm not going to like tattoo a bisected corpse or Elizabeth Short's face on my arm. Um, so I just got a Black Dahlia flower. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Put it on top of my hand. Then that's when I went to the top of my hand. Gotcha. Uh, just because I was like, it's a, it's a really pretty looking flower. Honestly, nobody even I've, I think in the three years that I've had it. One person has looked at it and goes, is that a black Dahlia? I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, actually, it is. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, I also got, uh, like, uh, the symbol that the Zodiac killer used to sign, like the, the crosshair symbol. Yep. Put that, I put, uh, one of his letters he wrote, like in his cipher that he would use, like the, the code that he used, like write his like letters and stuff. Um, he wrote like, if you can crack it, this is my name. Right. Uh, basically taunting the police to like, if you, if you can crack my, my codes, like you'll find my name. Um, and I have that, uh, the, uh, the part of that cipher that is supposed to be his name, uh, on my arm as well. And then I have a, uh, 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 I have, uh, an ax on the inside of my arm, not because I'm a fan of ICP, uh, but because uh, of Lizzie Borden and the New Orleans Axeman. Uh, and then I felt a little uh, off kilter because I had one hand done and not the other. So I was like, okay, well, I got to do the other one. Fuck it. Let's put a Jason mask on top of my other hand. And uh, then I put a, what's that? Of, of your two hand tattoos, yes, the Jason mask stands out more to me than the other one. Right, you know the black dahlia, like it looks like it looks like a flower. Like that just looks like it could be, you know, quick glance could be just a flower. You know, just right. artistic. The Jason mask, I mean, stands like that's out. that's iconic. Like it, as soon as you see that, you know exactly what it is. Um, and then I put uh. Freddy Krueger's uh, claw on my, like the inside of my upper arm. And uh, that's it for now. That's that's where I'm sitting. So all together, I'm sitting at, because if we count like a sleeve as one piece, so we're sitting at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15 tattoos, 16 tattoos. If we count the sleeve as one full. Yeah. I don't even know. Cause I mean, like, so I got my first one was the tribal. So that's one, but now it's tied into a sleeve. So is that also just one? I don't know. Um, I don't know, because, yeah, if if we're talking like each time I went for a piece of that sleeve to be done, like, dude, I went either once or twice a month for almost a year. Yeah, I mean, I I can tell you my right arm only. I had three sessions on my inner forearm, 
three or four sessions on my outer forearm, three sessions on my upper arm, like just the start of the upper arm, a session yeah. bicep so far, a session on my tricep, um, a session uh, just like background and filler, a session on like my mid, like the middle of my arm, tying the two sides together. And I uh, have it like there's probably one more I'm missing and, I'm, and I have one more coming up to finish it off. Now, like, how long how long are your sessions when you sit down normally? Uh, it depends on the artist. So my right arm and we'll we'll do a shout out at the end for our, you know, for our artists. Yeah. Give them some props. But um, the the girl working on my right arm is usually between three and four hours. And the guy working on my left arm is from a uh, he's from a different shop, but he. I mean, there's time, like, I think the one day I sat down with him and the person after me had canceled. So I think I sat with him. You did a double spot. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I sat with him for almost eight hours that day. Yeah. Like, like to the point that, like, he ordered food for us. We were there. So I'm like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And he still, yeah. he still charged me for like a single session. And like, so I tipped him like double heavily. Yeah. So I like, he's like, oh, yeah, 200 bucks. And like, normally, you know, I, t- I mean, generally, I try to ch- tip generously, but like, I think I handed him five and was like, "We're good." So right, but uh, yeah, we uh, my tattoo journey. Like I said, we started with the tribal tattoo, then I got the uh, the name on my back, then the tribal wings on my back, and then I had a realization: I am not artistic, and I tried to be. So I took a design, um. I don't know why I was drawn to it so much and we could dissect the reason behind this, but we're not going to, um, I found a design for Milnor, which for those playing the home game is Thor's hammer. Um, you know, and it's the actual, like from ancient the, Norse, the proper Norse version of Mjolnir. Yeah. Not, not the hammer that you see on Marvel. Um, with there like I found the ancient Slavic symbol for their uh for the god of thunder. So I had that like on top that was gonna go like near my shoulder. And it was only gonna be the size of like a like a half dollar or a silver dollar. So it wasn't gonna be that big. Then the Milnor design was gonna be beneath it, and then in runic text, which we'll get to in a second. And this is why you should always research your tattoos and stuff before you do them. Yeah. Um, you you don't want to be like, who was it? Ariana Grande, who thought her tattoo said like seven rings to like commemorate her, her new album that came out. But like people pointed out that no, your, your tattoo literally says like barbecue chicken. Oh yeah. And, and listen, we, we will get to tattoo horror stories in a second. You're getting ahead of me here. Um, but so in runic text, it was supposed to say like drop the hammer or bring the thunder. One of the two, I think I like had both of them mapped out. And then there was like a ghosted, like not tribal design, but tribal ish, like backdrop, like smoke to it. And I took that to the artist and I was like, Hey, this is kind of what I want. And the girl looks at me and she goes, can I like fuck with this a little bit and get back to you? And like, listen, I will do this as a stencil. And if you don't like what I bring back, like you can, we'll like, we'll go back to the other one. I was like, sure. And I showed up and what is on my arm for my Milnor tattoo 
is what she uh, is what she came back with. Yeah, because it was fantastic, and that was when I learned, you know, when you're not the artist, um, you know, let the artists do the thing. Right, and like that's why, like most of my tattoos, well, probably about half of them, like the ones that are obviously like jason's mask or freddy's glove or um the cobra command or decepticons logos like those are specific logos like sure like not not much fuckery needs to be done with the logo other than putting your artistic flair on how you do it (laughs) when i went for my biomechanical sleeve i just gave him a concept i was like i want a biomechanical sleeve Lots of gears, wires. I want it colorful. And I just let him do what, whatever he wanted. He pretty much hand drew every time I went in, would spend like the first half an hour with a fucking Sharpie, just drawing on my arm with a Sharpie what we were going to tattoo that day. And it's amazing because it's completely custom. It'll never be done the same way on anybody else ever again. Because he freehanded it the entire thing just on the spot. Yeah. So I learned that day the importance of letting an artist be be who they are and be the, be an artist. And mm-hmm. then I took a break from tattoos, mostly because I was a poor college kid slash just out of college kid who was coaching baseball time as a job and didn't make a whole lot of money so my money pretty much went to uh parties and bars and my gas tank when you know when it wasn't going toward traveling or playing baseball so when i started making more money i was like okay cool let's do this again and i started really really diving into the tattoo scene to see like what i wanted to do and i was brought to it's weird how much um certain aspects of my tattoos are related to wrestlers. So I decided I'm going to do a trash polka sleeve on my right arm. And I decided to go to, and this is actually when I ended up changing artists and I won't tell you why I changed artists on the air because that was just, um, they're a good shop. They're good people. They just, it, it was a unfortunate situation that happened and that's all you need to know. Um, but yeah, so, I wanted to do this trash polka thing. And I so I went to the artist that my sister has always gone to and she went, I've never done trash polka. I'm in. And all I knew is I wanted it to like, and I got the idea from Bray Wyatt of, you know, or Wyndham Rotunda or however you may know him. And I basically said like, this is what I want. I want it to say this. And this is, like I want like skulls and splashes of colors color and stuff. And she was like, you're muted, buddy. Yeah. Trash polka tattoos are fucking awesome. I wish I would have known about trash polka before I was so highly covered because I probably would have gotten some trash polkas as well. So if you don't know what it is, look it up. It's, it's really cool. It's basically, it's a lot of, it's a very artistic form um with a lot of it there's a lot of it's very black and white for the most part but there are splashes of color 
um, whether it's in what looks like paintbrush strokes or paint splatter or polka uh-huh. dots. And, you know, so she ended up putting different elements that are common to trash polka in there. And I wanted a line from a poem by Dylan Thomas called the, the, the poem is do not go gentle into that good night. And the final line of that poem is do not go gentle into that good night rage rage against the dying of the light and on my shoulder in what looks like typewriter text it says do not go gentle into that good night and then in what is cut out to look or what's look like cut out magazine letters like a ransom letter it says rage rage against the dying of the light it is legitimately very very close to one of my favorite parts of my any of my artwork is how cool she did that mm-hmm um, I then ended up getting a wolf face in like embedded in some trees on my front, on the front of my forearm, a wolf standing on some rocks and snarling on the back with what looks like blood dripping off one of its paws in a trash polka sense. So she tied a real, like realistic tattoos into the trash polka design in a really cool and creative way. And now she's just in the process of like adding other like splashes and swatches of color and stuff. And I really, I really, really enjoy what she's done with it. Uh, to the point that I think I'm going to like have, I, I want her to do my chest when I get to it. And I want her to like continue the trash polka theme on my chest at the yeah. same time, because my artist was booking out so damn long. I started working with another artist on my other arm in the meantime, and I decided to do a Viking sleeve over there, which includes uh, the helm of awe inside the crook of my elbow, uh, some skulls and uh i added a couple of ravens standing on the hilt of milnior uh a couple of raven and i think a third raven like flying behind it some skulls some smoke the helm of on the crook of my elbow uh odin the all-father's face down the front of my forearm and on the back i'm working on a viking funeral scene that will include uh it currently includes a burning viking ship a la the you know what we believe to be the traditional viking funeral of you know putting a body on a ship and burning it uh and then i believe the idea is to have in the back like alongside of that in the backdrop um jormungandr coming out of the water nice so uh then just going to tie that together with more probably lightning and storm clouds and stuff like that so um yeah, the lot of lot of lot of fun there. A lot of artwork, like I said, I'm kind of cover my back. I want to do my chest. I've debated now, like I said, the back of my hands, and I've even now started looking into doing at least one of my calves. Yeah. I thought about doing my legs. My legs are just too goddamn hairy, and I almost never wear shorts, or I almost exclusively wear shorts. So, yeah, number one, like I already have to shave my arms to make my fucking tattoos look decent. Like my tattoos look great, but they look even better when my arms are clean and clear. Uh can confirm I do the same thing. You're you're never gonna see my tattoos on my legs. Number one, because I'm always wearing pants almost year round. Uh and two, like my legs are really fucking hairy and I'm not shaving my fucking legs. Yeah, my legs aren't that incredibly hairy there and the hair they do have is is light enough that i think it would be fine um yeah i look like a gorilla on my legs like that's how hairy my fucking legs are plus i found a design i really like so you know we'll see we'll see if i ever get there (coughs) definitely not a priority 
but uh that that might be something that ends up being a side project while i'm working on one of the other big ones and i'm waiting for appointments to come around right <sighs> so we kind of touched on some tattoo horror stories um and ironically it's <sighs> the whole thing with tattoos is one like i said i said this at the start for the most part unless you're going to a an, a friend who is an established artist who gives you the super homie brother discount or whatever he calls it um you get what you pay for and the one of the first horror stories i can tell you is a girl that i went to high school with who went up to canada and got three tattoos one on each hip bone and one on the small of her back that were supposed to be Japanese symbols. Mm-hmm. We ended up having a Japanese exchange student our senior year in one of our classes. And, you know, he, she was like super, super excited to be like, oh, hey, the kid's name was, uh, his name was Inhyuk Yo. And uh, so we just called him Yo because why wouldn't you? And she was like, oh my God, Yo, check this out. Like, what is, you know, do you know what this says? And he kind of like looks perplexed. He goes, yeah. And she goes, oh, what about this one? And she's like, uh-huh. And she goes, what about this one? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you could like, the, so like they're right. Like they, you can actually read them. He goes, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yeah. She's like, he goes, why do you have those tattooed on you? I don't understand. And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, he goes, what do you think those mean? And it was like, it's supposed to be like hope. Um, like hope, happiness, like hope, love, and happiness, or some shit, or like you know, whatever girl, right? You know, high school she, girl. She fucking tattooed a "live, laugh, love" sign on her fucking self. Essentially, yeah. And it ended up being like, he goes, that one looks like it's supposed to say chicken dumpling, but it's actually wrong. And she's like, no, that says love, and he's like no it doesn't and he like drew what love is supposed to be he goes he goes take this home look it up type thing she was oh, okay what, what about this one and that like the other one was beef stew and uh, like the one on her back was like a loose translation to like prostitute or something <laughs> uh so that comes to number two of know what you're getting put on your body and that goes to like when i debated getting runic text and basically what i did is I typed in what I wanted, put it into either, uh, put it into Elder Firth Rack and was like, yeah, let's do this. And knowing what I know now, oh boy, would I have been off base? Yeah. Yeah. Because Elder and Younger Firth Rock are very different. Uh, and the same symbols mean very different things in each. And it is very hard to actually find proper because runic doesn't translate one to one for letters. It's very similar to like kanji or um, written um, Cantonese and stuff like that, where it's a symbol is a word. And depending on what symbols are grouped together determines what the overall thing says. So it can go very badly, very quickly. Well, and at bare minimum, it can just really say nothing. And one of the biggest, right. one of the biggest mistakes that people make with this is like, um, 
you know, putting the root, like the same ruin back to back, like say, so say there were two L's, like, so say you wanted to spell your last name mm-hmm. or two L's in the middle. Like, that's not how that would work. They mm-hmm. don't like that. The, like the double letter doesn't exist. So, uh, that would have been fun, but I do have a, a friend or a acquaintance or I don't know what you want to call him. Uh, but he actually, in an effort to do, uh, some Viking, lore and norse lore tattoo uh his tattoo artist found a nordic looking symbol and tattooed it on most of his back and it turned out turned out it was not a nordic symbol it also wasn't a germanic symbol it was a nazi german symbol yeah yeah uh the black sun, not a great thing to have tattooed on you, especially nope. over your heart. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and now there is a, a similar looking Nordic symbol, but I believe it's like the black sun has nine spokes and this one has seven or six, like the one that's actually a Nordic symbol. Yeah. Um, and like the, the black sun was created by the Nazis. It's not even something they bastardized. They made it up. yeah like uh so again make sure you know what you're getting before you do it because yikers he uh he ended up doing like a more of a a blackout cover-up type thing on it i mean at that point that's all you can do Uh uh-huh yeah not good no not at all like and when you when you told me that story before, I went and I looked it up, and I was like, "Yeah, I could see how someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're actually doing would think that this could be a Nordic runic Viking esque uh, symbol." Uh, but like, come on, man! Like, didn't you actually like click on the image and follow the link that was associated with it that like took you right to the page that said like "Black Sun, a symbol of Nazi Germany"? So. That's the that's the danger in not doing your own research. So, like, as much as I sat here and was like, "Oh yeah, give your artists like some creative liberty to do what they want," um, you know, that's the danger of doing it that way because that's something that very easily could go very wrong very fast. Right, and it was of no fault of your acquaintance. Um, that was a hundred percent on the artist that did that. That. Just saw, oh, yeah, that looks Nordic. Cool. We'll just do that and didn't look any further. Well, and I mean, there's even like, and that could even be like a mis- a, a misinformation thing where they look it up and, you know, that could just be on a website saying, uh-huh. like, you know, for somebody who doesn't know, because it does look like it has Nordic, uh, you know, ties. It basically saying like, oh, yeah, like. You know, this is a, a a bastardized symbol that the Nazis took, and when it's not, they created it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's incredible, incredible malfunction there. Like, you know, especially if you're doing something from in another language, or you know, a symbol from somewhere, understand what it might mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, any kind of like Oriental language, if you will whether it be, you know, Chinese, Japanese, uh, kanji, anything like that, 
that's easy enough to find proper or at least people who actually know the language who can double check it for you. It does get a little bit harder when you're talking about runic just because really any not, it really not many people language. can read and write runic. Well, and I mean, really anything ancient. I mean, yeah. there there have been there have been times that people have gotten you know tattoos from ancient Egypt because they thought they looked cool, like just Egyptian looking tattoos or mm-hmm. you know, symbols, and not realizing that like they basically put bad luck on themselves on accident, right. like. Yeah, it, and it does. It happens. Uh, but you know, definitely, definitely do your research. And actually, one of the uh, one of the <clears throat> most interesting combinations of you get what you pay for, um, and you know, understand, like, go to like, don't just go to any artist. Find an artist that you like their work, you trust their work, like everything else, and do the research on who's doing the work too. Uh, comes from our very own Alley Cat. She got a very simple tattoo on her forearm of birds flying from, I believe, from her wrist toward her elbow. Um, I want to say Demi Lovato maybe ha- has something similar. Maybe I'm, hold on, I'm looking it up. I'm not well versed on the uh Yes, that is exactly what that is. Era of uh what celebrities have what tattoos. And and really what it is, it's it's the symbolism behind the birds flying. Um but so she wanted it and she reached out to somebody that she knew um that does tattooing and is very is actually a very accomplished artist and was just like, Hey, this is what I want. What do you think? And he was like yeah, that's cool. And she's like, oh, could I, you know, do you think I could, you know, get, like, do you, do you, do you think you'd be able to do this? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I, this was like very early in our relationship. I took her to get the tattoo. Like I, I drove her there. I was like, listen, I just got done doing whatever I was doing, like working out baseball, whatever. And was like, listen, I'm going to drop you off. I'm going to go back to my apartment and shower. I'll be back to pick you up. She's like, are you sure it shouldn't take that long? I'm like, this is going to take at minimum from setup to tear down an hour. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I know it's a small, simple tattoo. I dropped her off and my apartment at the time was eight to 10 minutes, depending upon traffic from the studio. I didn't make it home before she was like, I'm done. I'm like, I'm like, we're going somewhere after this. Like I have to shower and I'm not going to have time to come back, pick you up and then go back and shower. So I'm like, you're going to have to hang out for a minute. And she's like, I told you this wasn't going to take that long. And it turned out what this dude did is he squeezed her in between appointments on a day that he basically figured like this one appointment wasn't going to take as long, like the full four hours. And so I'll have like an hour like, and he plans like a half hour between appointments. So he's going to have like four, like at, at bare minimum, a half hour, but realistically close to 45 minutes to an hour between appointments. Mm-hmm. He squeezed her in, sped through it. And like at certain points, like he's like, he pressed so damn hard to get the, like to try to get the ink to take that it actually like 
scabbed and the ink didn't really take. Ugh. And like, so there's a couple that look just kind of like gray splotches. The one looks like a weird V. Um, you know, and she's, she likes the, she still likes the idea of the tattoo and she actually wants it like to, she wants to f- hope to find somebody that can like clean it up for her a little bit. And like, but it's one of those things where like, I, like I looked, I was like, I was shocked. It did like that, that only took that, that took less than 20 minutes. Like absolutely stunned. And then, you know, Ipso facto, I was like, eh, you know, that's kind of like you get what you pay for. Like that should have taken at least an hour from setup to tear down. I mean, Jesus Christ. Even when I go to my guy and he's doing like a straight stencil of like the Cobra command logo, it takes more than 20 minutes for him to set up prep the stencil and even put the stencil on my arm. It takes more than 20 minutes. Yeah, it was. And okay. Maybe I'm over exaggerating. Maybe it was close to a half hour. Like, so maybe like I had just gotten home and was getting in the shower and she was like, I'm done. But still like it, it, it definitely right. not long, not long enough, at least for, just for the, the care and, you know, consideration for what he was doing, you know, and that's, that's one of those big ones. And then, you know, we, we had the conversation about, uh, our buddy, one of my co-hosts on hats, stats and stats, bold claim, Ben, uh, told me at one point he wanted to have a friend to do a tattoo for him out of his dorm room. And he was like an up and coming artist. And I was like, bro, don't do it. Like, let this dude go. Let this dude apprentice with somebody. Let this dude like go through the proper learning channels and stuff like that. Because like, I've seen a lot of people like that want to be tattoo artists. And it's cool that you can draw. It's cool that you can, you know, create things on an iPad or on a computer. But that doesn't mean you can put it on someone's skin. No. Like. And I like I know a couple people who, you know, you're and, and also it kind of works in the reverse too. You might not be able to draw for shit, but you can tattoo the hell out of people. Yeah, it's a different medium completely. Uh, and I can tell you that the one dude that I go to, he started with like basic, like basic, basic tattooing. You know, put a stencil on skin, trace the stencil, color the stencil in. And he's gotten very, very, very good. Like very good. And part mm-hmm. of that, he, he took on an apprentice and, you know, she pushed him to start like painting and not just like watercolors, but like different styles of art and painting and drawing to like learn different techniques to shadow and to color. And like, to like, and it made him a better artist, mm-hmm. but again, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. You can't be a good artist and just miraculously be good at tattooing and vice versa. Um, and you know, like I, I know quite, I know quite a few people who, if they take on an apprentice, the the last step before you get to be turned loose to just start tattooing is tattooing yourself. Yeah, that you need to be able and will, like willing and able to put something on your own skin. And if you're not willing to do that, they're like, then you're not ready. Because if you're not willing to say, I'm willing to walk around with my own art on my skin then you are not putting ink on someone else's skin on like from my shop. Right. Exactly. So, uh, very, very fun topic today. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this was good. And 
honestly, just because we were just shooting shit about tattoos in general. And they're like, why the fuck aren't we recording this? Be like, I don't know, hit play. And it did. And here we are. So uh, we'll do a, a fun little free free shout out here. Who, uh, who Who's your who's your guy? Who's your tattoo, dude? Uh, I go to Jason at uh, Living Canvas Tattoo. And ironically, I met your tattoo artist years and years and years before I met you. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this because didn't one of your buddies get a tattoo in his basement? Yep. As we just told people, don't get tattoos in people's basements. Well, and, you know, this was a different story because he had an extensive portfolio. And I believe he worked part time at a studio at the time and everything. So like he was an established artist. And it was something he also did on the side. And yeah. Ironically, the kid that he tattooed almost ruined his own tattoo by being so finicky about the aftercare that he put so much lotion on it, his skin actually broke out almost in hive-like pimples. It was gross. Ugh. It was gross. That's the other thing, kiddies. If you're 18 you're thinking about getting your first tattoo, you need to really pay attention to your aftercare. And you can't like there. You might think that there's no there's no such thing as putting too much cream on it to help it heal. Oh, yes, there is. You will suffocate that tattoo and it will reject. Yeah, you like there is a such thing as too much and there is a such thing as not enough. Uh huh too much you suffocate and it'll reject uh not enough, uh, it'll dry out scab and reject yeah i know a guy who insists and i'm just like how the fuck are you spending this money on these tattoos and doing this to them when he gets a tattoo he puts the lotion like a and d or like aqua i use aqua for that's too. just what i've always used um he he uses that for like the first day Maybe the day after he gets a tattoo and then he doesn't put anything on it, period. Yeah, I do. uh, I do the derm paper like immediately following the tattoo. I leave that on for a day. Take it like peel it off. And then I either put depending upon the tattoo and like how raw it feels, I either put another one back on for another day. Like I'll just like put it on overnight and then take it off in the morning, mm-hmm. or I like after that I start putting the lotion on and it depends on how the, how it's healing. But, I've never actually used any of that derm paper. My guy just wraps me in like a fucking paper towel and says me bleeding out the door. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's what one of my guys does. The, uh, I got the derm from uh from my my other artist and I I love it. I love it. like and I know a lot of people the same way. Like oh I've never used it. Like I. I like it because I believe the the adhesive is medicated. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But uh, my artists, I have two of them currently, as you guys heard. Uh, I go to Esther at Artemis Tattoo in the Lancaster area. And if you want to see her work and, you know, she's fantastic. She's done half of my work, all of my sister's work, all of my brother-in-law's work. Uh, and I know a ton of other people that have done, gotten work done with her and all of her work is terrific. But if you want to try to book with her, good luck because she's so booked out. I don't even know if she's booking new new clients. Uh, and quite honestly, like all the all the ladies that work in that shop, like I don't know any of them personally. I just know them from seeing their work. And there's not one person there that I would not go to. 
Yeah. Um, Esther and her partner, Erica, they're the two, they're the co-owners of the shop. They're both fantastic. And they are training a, a brood of terrific artists. I think they have like three or four apprentices. Yeah. Uh, and they're, I mean, they are very, very diligent about the work that comes out of their shop because any, again, any one of them puts out a bad tattoo and it reflects poorly on the shop. Well, I mean, Artemis has built up a reputation for being one of the best in the area. So, yeah. And then uh, my other my other artist is my boy, uh, Ed, at Aftermath Tattoo on Niagara Falls Boulevard over in the Kenilworth area. Uh, Ed is more of a traditional style tattoo artist and he's the one that's doing my viking sleeve and um ed is fantastic ed's a cool dude super laid back uh and you know you get to sit there get tattooed and watch him slug a monster and listen to the five finger death punch oh that's what that's what my guy jason does like i, I mean at at this point i don't even go to the shop anymore i literally go to his house because he's got like an amazing setup in his uh at his house um but like I'll go in there and like, I'll show up an hour before and we'll just shoot the shit for an hour. Then is, then we'll be like, all right, well, let's get to it. And then we'll tattoo for four hours and then I'll hang out for another two hours afterwards. And we'll just sit there and like, listen to like fucking weird. Like uh, the one day we were listening to like the Joe Rogan podcast where he had the dude from uh, area 51, that Bob Lazar. We were just sitting there listening to that the whole fucking time. Like, it's great. Yeah. Um, so bottom line, do your research, know what you're getting put on your body and find someone both ethical, responsible and talented to do it. And uh, once you get one, you're going to want 900 more. So I am impressed that I got through the story about telling the story about how my sister damn near gave my grandmother a heart attack and and said the word tit to grandma at a holiday at a holiday. <laughs> I my incredibly, incredibly catholic religious grandmother damn near had a stroke at the dinner table um yeah uh gam gam was very not pleased with tattoos so when i got my first one i got the nightmare if god wanted you to have that on your body he would have put it there himself i loved my grandmother i was a very very blatantly my grandmother's favorite grandchild she reconsidered it this day, especially because my <laughs> answer was, well, you know, I felt like he missed a spot, so I fixed it myself and my parents helped. That did not go over well. We were sitting at Christmas dinner that year, and I was wearing a t-shirt, and my grandma goes, oh, I still can't believe you did that to your body. And I went, you want to see it again? It's healing really, really, like it healed really well. It looks pretty cool. And she goes, no. No, just, I can't believe it. And without missing a beat, my sister goes, yeah, you think that's fun. You should see the rose on my tit. (laughs) And that is also the story of the time I thought my dad was going to punch my sister in the face. (laughs) He never would, never has, never will. But I can't, I cannot confirm that it didn't cross his mind for a split second. Because my grandma no longer cared that I had a tattoo after that. That's how much, <laughs> that's how much that affected her. But um, you became the favorite grandchild again. Yeah that that uh, that little that little uh, 
almost six month stint of me not being the favorite for a while didn't last very long but that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode guys thanks for tuning in comment about is part of the bicbp radio network check us out online bicbp-radio.com find us on spotify apple podcast google podcast amazon music anywhere else you find your podcast from tell your friends about us find us on social media type in comment about on facebook we're the only thing that pops up i promise we designed it that way and uh, i'm going to continue doing the common debauchery cup stuff on my instagram that is at notorious underscore j-o-z on the gram uh, and i'm not gonna lie to you i'm actually debating making at least one of my personal instagram either uh my either my personal instagram or my personal twitter into a common debauchery thing just to get more more eyes on what we do but quite honestly why don't we just uh make make one uh, we can do that that's fine yeah we might as well sure uh sounds like something Sounds like something, yeah, you know, you could do it. Send, send me the login and the password. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'll uh, we'll tell you guys about our, our new Instagram next week. And that being said, I'm the Nightmare. And I'm Rotten Jack. And this has been Common Debauchery. Fuck, where's the goddamn button? <laughs>